0: couple things, guys, elders especially, um, I want you to be expectant coming into this next year. You're going to have some breakout. God is Baal Perazim, God of the breakthrough, and it says he breaks open the way before us. I believe there's going to be some breakout things here this year, and I believe you're going to uh, start some transition towards the next generation. A lot of us have run as a Joshua generation for quite a while, and it's it's time for some Calebs to come on the scene. It says Caleb had a different spirit. He had everything Joshua had, but he said he had a different spirit to completely do all the Lord had given him to do. He had what I call a finisher spirit. Joshua pioneers and plows, and then Caleb comes in and finishes. And so it's time for some finishers to start rising up God's gonna go after some people that you don't even know God's after you yet but he's gonna go after some of you I was at New Life Assembly on the other side of town um, somewhere in my 20s working for Regal Insulation down in Crothersville and it was summertime it was hot so we work a night shift because it was cooler on the machines so we were working at night and we had a revival that week in our church and I wasn't able to be there because I was working and the thing broke down didn't break down very often Uh, but it broke down it wasn't something we could fix in an hour or two so they sent us all home and so I guess God broke our factory but uh, so I went home got cleaned up went to went to revival and We had a guy, I think his first name was Richard, I don't remember his last name, but he would sit up here on a piano and play and just worship and then he would look out around the room and prophesy over people. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And he said, if you're feeling a change, if you're feeling dissatisfied, if you're feeling like God wants to do something, then come and stand up here and so maybe eight or ten of us came and stood in a line and I was somewhere three or four in some, he didn't start on the end he looked right at me and he said what are you waiting for I said God's called you and called you and called you and you keep putting it off and putting it off I, I didn't know I was so deaf dumb and blind I didn't even know there was a call of God on my life and so we got some counsel and, and prayed about it and that's a whole story itself but we end up in Bible school three years later and when I walked across the platform uh, to graduate well it was actually the prayer before graduation where the leaders would pray over us they said exact same words what are you waiting for God has called you and you keep putting the call off and it's time to step out so I haven't heard that since that was 30 years ago 34 years ago now and I haven't heard that since so The seasons are changing, that's what we talked about when we were here, Uh, when I was here in November, the season has changed, and uh, that's going to keep happening, and so we're going to keep looking at that this morning, but we're going to look at it in light of the context where we are right now, uh, the season that we're in, in the middle of the Christmas season, and so I want to start this morning with a verse you may not even know uh, is in your Bible. One of the challenges, here's what I was seeing as we were kind of worshiping this morning, one of the challenges with us and Christmas is, it's kind of like we've we've been sailing all year on this big, huge ocean liner steamer and working hard and loading bags and unloading bags and doing all this stuff. And it's like Christmas, we feel like the thing kind of rolls into the dock. And we kind of offload for about three days and then we go right back to work because it's the end of our year and so we just transition right out of this Christmas season into you know the next and we just get right back on the hamster wheel and go again but really the way we need to see Christmas on our on our Roman calendar Christmas comes at the end of the year but on the Jewish calendar their new year was about three months ago September October is Rosh Hashanah their new year so they're just about three months into the year right now if you're you know if you're using a biblical calendar, a Jewish calendar, Hebrew calendar. And so their year's just kind of really getting rolling now. So if instead of seeing Christmas as now we've we've rolled into the dock, we offload, we rest a minute, and then we go back, what if we see ourselves sitting in the dock being loaded up so that we can be launched out into the new year? And so that's just a simple—these things are simple. But until you make that little connection in your brain— just seeing this as the end of the year instead of the beginning of the year uh, completely changes how we approach things. So I want to use a scripture verse that you may not even know was in your Bible. I'd never heard it until I went to Bible school and it wasn't even taught it was in a song we sang. So right now you can watch any Hallmark Christmas movies. Anybody watch the Hallmark Christmas movie so far? They're on about 12 hours a day right now. Actually on two channels plus Lifetime uh, does them. But Lifetime is uh, pretty gender neutral, so you have to pick and choose what you uh, watch on Lifetime. But you can watch just one Hallmark movie and change the character, the city, and the circumstance, and they are all the same. (laughs) Correct? You change the characters, the city, and the circumstance, and the themes remain the same. So in the movie, here is what you will learn. And, And see if I've got them. I think I've got them all four here. Christmas is about love, family, forgiveness, and second chances. Does that cover it all? That pretty, much, that, pretty much, that pretty much covers it all. So for many of us, Hallmark has become our Christmas Bible, our Christmas theology, and we believe it because Hallmark said so. So here, here, here's, here's my question this morning. Christmas ought to have fun. I have a little bit of a challenge with some of these things uh, because we get a little too serious for just a minute. And we should, uh, but don't stay there. Because here's why. My question this morning is, why did Jesus come to earth? Why do we celebrate Christmas? 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil or the evil one, your Bible might say. (laughs) Have you read that verse? Did you know it was in your Bible? It's one of those that doesn't get pulled out very often. It's what I said the last time. We must, must, must understand that Jesus did not come to earth to give us a life preserver or to throw you a rope or to rescue you only, and he did. He did. He did for many of us, most of us. He did not just come to give you a way to heaven. The hell escape is only the entry point, and we must have that. Thank God for that. But when He closes the door to hell, He opens the door to heaven, not just so you can get there, but so that it can get here. There's a stream. It's not just a one-way thing that now you're on a path. Now there is a path open to you from the throne room of heaven. You are where heaven touches earth. You are where heaven touches earth. I loved it when we worked in Nepal for all those years. We've still got stuff going on in Nepal. I just haven't been there for a while. But it literally is where heaven touches earth physically. You're looking at the mountain. It is the tallest thing on the planet. It's higher than where the airplanes fly. You're flying and over there's a mountain that's higher than you are. That's a pretty cool deal. And it just reminds me that there's a place where they meet. Well, you are the place where they meet. That makes life look a little bit differently, doesn't it? He came to establish you as a citizen of his kingdom. And that comes with both a sword of victory and a scepter of authority. And we've been talking about some, that some, this fall. So the season has changed is our theme because it has already whether you feel it or not. If you're prophetic at all, if you lean into these things at all, then you will see in the spirit what doesn't yet exist in the natural My wife, Sandra, used to do a great illustration with our kids in children's church. I almost cut off one of the flowers of my peace lily. I've got a peace lily that's blooming pretty good right now. I almost cut that off. She would cut off a beautiful flower and bring it to class with the kids and say, is this flower living or dead? And it's vibrant, you know, vibrant, it's colorful, it's bright. For all practical appearances, it looks alive. But because you've cut it off from the root, it's dead already it's just in the dying process listen guys there's a lot of stuff happening right now that for all intents and purposes looks alive and well and god has cut it off at the root already and it is just a matter of time i tell you as sure as i'm standing here that the season has changed christmas christ in person it what is what changes it because he does save and he does rescue and he does deliver Amen. But he also enables and equips and empowers. He's not here anymore. You are. And what he wants to do in this world, he's going to do through us. In us. With us. Not just for us. And so I'm just going to look at things all through here for the next little bit. Jesus' very first sermon. We're just going to look at these little things with Jesus this morning. His very first sermon is Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 he gets up in the synagogue to read and here's what he, here's what he says This is the first words out of his mouth in a, in a church a synagogue setting the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the lord and i want to hear that i want you to hear that word acceptable because we're going to look at it in a couple different ways this morning the season has changed because we are stepping into an acceptable year of the lord we're accepting into an acceptable season that's unfolding before us accepted in this verse means approved or approved by god We're stepping into a season that's been approved by God. God has been setting us up for quite some time. This isn't the devil's plan. It's not the devil's hour. He doesn't get to choose the time and the day and when it ends and how it goes. God does. He created it. He owns it. That will not change. And so your your perspective is what has to change. Our perspective, we we have to see it from his view, not our view. His view, not the devil's view. We have to see it from God's view. Accepted means to be approved by God. And we're moving into an acceptable season where God has kind of already put his seal on what we're about to see. Now, I spent 19 years doing ministry in a Catholic nation. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a big deal. And she is. You know, she is. What faith and trust and submission by a virgin teenage girl who ended up being pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she carried that. And so we don't, we don't make light of that. It's a big deal. And what does Scripture say about Mary? Luke 128. And the angel came to her and said, Hail Mary, hail you who are highly favored. And I want you to hear that. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Hail Mary, hail thou who art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Favored, that word favor in the Greek is the word karitou, C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O, karitou. And hang in there with me for just a minute because we're going someplace and we'll get there relatively quickly. What we often do is separate them from us, or that from this, them from us, and we make pretty much anybody we see in our Bible special because and we are not because we know who we are and so that's a mindset that just stops what God desires to do in our lives and so I want to show you something this morning this word karatou in the Greek comes from the word charis where we get grace we are charismatics we have gifts of grace charis gifts of grace c-h-a-r-i-s so karatou being favored by God is a work of grace Kara comes from charis it is a work of God and it simply means to be endued given a special honor to be made acceptable accepted by God there's that word again to be highly favored so we easily recognize this in Mary don't we certainly of all the women on the face of the earth she was the one chosen by God to carry Christ in her physical body. So, this word, the interesting thing, is only used two times in your entire Bible. And only one time is it speaking of Mary. So, the other time it's used in your Bible is Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Ephesians 1 6 To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made who? Us, accepted in the beloved. There's that word accepted again. Except, accepted in the Greek is karatu, wherein he has made you highly favored, endued with honor, accepted by God, highly favored. In the same way that Mary was accepted, and favored, and honored to carry the Christ, the anointed one in her physical body, you and I are accepted, and favored, and honored. Only two times this word is used, once of Mary and once of you, the believer, honored to carry Christ in your spirit man. And here's what I want you to catch this morning. The season can't change until our thinking changes. The season can't change for us until our understanding changes. Until these things begin to be reality in us, life won't be much different. Because we'll still feel like failures. We'll still feel like we need rescued. We'll still feel like we don't measure up. You won't. And we don't. But he did. And the change, the nature changes. Christ in you changes. So, our season can't change until our thinking and our knowing changes. And you know why Jesus came and how valued and valuable you are to him. Jesus, by the way, means Savior. Yeshua. God saves or saved by God. Christ, on the other hand, means the one who is anointed from on high. Anointed to do what he came to do. And so we can live our whole lives wanting Jesus to rescue us from our sin and our failure and our humanity. And he does. And you can listen to Christian music. I say this all day long. This is my little soapbox here. Because you are what you eat. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Who you hang out with is who you are a reflection of. So all that's what you sow, you reap. Everything comes in seed form. Whatever seed you're taking care of is what's producing fruit in your life. So there's about 10 different messages there that all say the same thing, okay? So you can listen to Christian music all day long, and this is where most of it lives. And bless God, he does save and deliver. And do all of those things but Jesus has a second name it is Christ the one who is manifest to destroy the works of the evil one in our lives our families our communities and our nations when you get this as a revelation it will bring a reformation a reforming of your thinking And that will produce a revolution in your life. When you get a revolution, revelation of who Christ is, it will bring a reformation. It's what we need. A reforming of our thinking that will produce a revolution. So, Jesus asked Peter this question. Who do you, Peter, say that I am? And here's Peter's answer. Next, Next slide. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. So when he said that, what's he saying? You are the anointed one. You are the one sent from heaven. And so Peter gets it. And so how did he get it? The very next verse tells us how he gets it. Verse 17. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father who is in heaven all this works by revelation you can't see the father unless the son reveals him to have something revealed means to have something uncovered to take the veil off to reveal something that is hidden our revelation has to change for our season to change we have to move from seeing Jesus as savior rescuer deliverer alone to Christ, the anointed one who comes to destroy the stuff that works against us. So by revelation, Peter understands that Jesus is much more than Savior alone. He is also Christ who comes with power to change things. And this is a huge key for our season to change, and we see it in the very next verse, verse 18. And so Jesus continues, And now I say this to you, You are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. As long as we've got a church that comes for baby Jesus at Christmas time, the whole world's going to go to hell. When we get a church that gets a revelation of Jesus who came manifest to destroy the works of the evil one and hell's got to get out of my life, then... Hell, start moving. You've got to be a little bit spiritually angry. You don't have to be quite as different as me, but you got to be a little bit different. 1 John 3, 8. Throw it up there, the next one. For this purpose, the Son of God. Why did Jesus come? Why Christmas? Because Jesus hit the planet. And he began to change things. He brought his kingdom. It's what we're going to be talking about in, for years to come we've talked very little about the kingdom of God Jesus brought the kingdom he opened the door for the kingdom what he tells us to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven he doesn't tell us to pray prayers he's not planning on answering so at some point the kingdoms gonna come because he told us to pray it until it did and I plan on being one of those who prays until it gets here his kingdom is coming Why did Jesus come? The next verse, John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I'm come that you might have life and have it to the full. This verse is your whole Bible. If you know this, this is your whole Bible. All death, all destruction, all loss in any way, any way is a work of the kingdom of darkness. If it ain't good, it ain't God. If it ain't good, it's not an act of nature. We live in a broken world because of sin. And so there are some things that just work, but they're not orchestrated by heaven. God doesn't send sickness or disease or death and destruction to teach us a lesson. It's not who he is. And until you know that, your season's not going to change. Your season's not going to change. A lot of the stuff we deal with is just hell doing what it does. But Jesus said, I come to give you life abundantly, in abundance. If you're not walking in that, then we're not walking in what Jesus died and paid for on the cross. Already paid for. Already paid for. Jesus rescues us and Christ empowers us. But you, we have to activate the Christ life in us. We've got to engage a Christ life. We've got to understand that. We've got to know that. We've got to begin to allow that to live in us. And we have to move from being penitent observers of Jesus in a manger, penitent observers of Jesus on a cross, and become passionate practitioners of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Once I was blind, now I can see. Once I was this, now I am not. Once I was this, now I am not. We have to have those testimonies. That's what changes the world. I was this, but I was that. It's good to reflect. We need both, not either or. It's good to take stock, take inventory. That's why these seasons are good for us, because we reflect. I was too much this and not enough that. I'm too much this and not enough that. But that's not where we want to stay. These are not meant to pull us backward. They're meant to propel us forward. And so out of all these seasons, there should come a launching into the next. For the seasons to shift, our minds have to shift. Our theology has to shift. Our picture of who Christ in us has to shift. Our picture of who we are in Christ has to shift. And I'll encourage you, any of you that want to do this, if you will start in the early part of the year, reading through your New Testament, just notice any time it says, in him we live and move and have our being in him in Christ I'm hidden with Christ in God notice in him in whom we have believed notice how many times your New Testament says in him in whom in Christ and see what you have when you come in to him when he comes into you dozens hundreds of verses that we have in Christ's realities, we call them. These things that come to us when his life comes into us. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, the next one. Oh, we lost them all together. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Sorry, guys, I'm making you work hard today. According to his divine power has given unto us all things. I want you to read this part with me. All things that pertain to life and godliness. His power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of him, through getting to know him in a deeper way. All things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's keep on this idea of being accepted and how this works. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. Jesus baptized in the Jordan River here. And so God the Father speaks from heaven and a voice From heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. All right? We're all familiar with this verse. And so I want us to see something here. And I want us to continue to stay at this word accepted and highly favored. Remember Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace where he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now throw up the next one there. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Here the word acceptably means well-pleasing. It is the same word God used when he said, this is my beloved son Jesus in whom I'm well-pleased. Here he says, by grace... You can serve God so that he is well pleased with you. Jesus hadn't done any ministry. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't worked so many hours a day, read his Bible so many hours a day, prayed so many hours. He was well pleasing to God because he was God's son. When you come into the family, God's pleased with who you are and then he works gently over long periods of time with who we are not. So you just got to get over yourself. Get over yourself and let Christ be in you who he is and then that let, let that grow out from there. To be acceptable to God is something that he does in us through Christ Jesus. It is a work of grace. And what I'm wanting you to see this morning, this is probably a very different Christmas message. I just, it's like chosen, you know, the chosen uh, We believe in different, you know, different is good. And so um, we're just doing something a little different. What I'm wanting you to see this morning is that God just not just do it for you. He also does it in you so that he can do it with you and then move it out through you to others. And so it's never just for me. It's for me and it's with me. And it's not just for me and with me. It's for me and with me and in me. And for me and with me and in me and through me. And until it gets to that point, it hasn't gotten to where God can get it. The season has changed. The Christ of Christmas is going to manifest and make himself known in some powerful ways in the days to come. Soon, I believe. And what he is doing right now What I am attempting to do each time I've been with you in September and October and November and now is just keep pulling you in to where I believe God's taking, he is taking us. He is so inviting us to be a part of the party that is about to happen. I don't know what it's all going to look like. I think it all isn't going to be good, but God is good and so I'm not concerned on my end. I got nothing I'm concerned about on my end. I am looking forward to some manifested, (laughs) for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Men are not our problem. Evil is our problem. The kingdom of darkness is our problem. You don't pray against men. You pray against powers and principalities and those things, but they work through men. God has no right to work on earth. The devil has no right to work on earth unless they are invited. Jesus is. God said in Genesis 1, let us create man in our image. Let them have dominion. You have dominion. You want God to work, you're going to have to get him involved in your deal. He is more than happy to. But if we keep grumbling and complaining and spitting out trash, then all you're doing is building an altar where demons can come and work in our lives. It's all about agreement. It's all about alignment. It's all about words, life and death and the power of the tongue. And that starts right up here with our thinking. And so, God is inviting us into a different place than we have been. He's inviting us. We sing about his glory. We sing about his presence. He's inviting us into those places. So, we said last month when I was here, November, number one, seasons are about timing. Mostly us recognizing God's timing and ordering our lives, our time, our season to sync up with His. And so the season is changing, but if we want to catch it, we're going to have to sync up. We're going to have to line up with God's, what God is doing. We remember the story, don't we? This story down here in the corner, we remember it. What's the challenge? No room in the inn. We've got to make room. We've got to make room. The way we live our lives, there's just no room. There's no room. We might allow room. You know, we allow God this room on Sunday morning. We allow God maybe a devotional or some time throughout the week. But you want to see God do some stuff, you're going to have to make room. I set my alarm and make room that my body objects to most days. But where my spirit man gets to is more important than where my physical man gets to. You have to make room. I have to not do some stuff so that I can do what's important. We have to not only allow room, we have to make room. Timing in season changes is mostly about us recognizing God's timing and ordering our lives and our time and our season to sync up with His. And now here's the second thing. And we're actually moving to the close of this we're we're in my last few little bits of notes here seasons are all about the process everything biblically is about the process it's about going from one stage to another stage remember mary is expecting she's no longer a virgin but she's not a mama yet that's how it works in all of our lives till christ be formed in you paul says and so there's this Season change, transition change, we're no longer who we were, but we're not yet who we're becoming. And so there is a season of expecting, expectation. If we're expecting a child, we make room, don't we? We don't just think, oh, when they come, we'll throw them on the couch here. We go get stuff, don't we? We might make a room, don't we? We prepare, that's exactly what's going on right now. Are we preparing for what is coming? Are we making room? Are we expecting? If we're expecting the season to change, there are no short-sleeved shirts hanging in my closet anymore. Why? Because i got a pretty good feeling it won't be 70 degrees next week. I'm expecting the season to change. Therefore, I have gotten out my long-sleeved shirts. They're just in a different closet, just not the one I use every day. So, so, now, Going from one stage to another works in two ways and I want you to catch this this morning because there is both push and pull. There is both give and take in how God moves us forward. First of all, number one, there are some things God will not give you until you have empty hands, until you loosen your grip or you let something go. You can pray and wait on God for the rest of your life. But if you've got something in your hand, whatever it is, a relationship, a habit, uh, holding on to your 401 whatever, 401k, whatever, if there's something you're holding on to, God won't fill a hand that's already full. He won't fill a heart that's already full. If you've determined some things in your heart and this is the way it is there's no room in your inn. and I'm telling you some of this is you got to lay it down he did this with Abraham Abraham leave your house your home your family your reputation your resources and go to a place that I will show you I'm not even telling you where you're going just start walking I'll let you know when you get there and in that place I'll make you a great nation if you're called there and you're still here you'll never get what God has for you if I was still here in Indiana I wouldn't have got what we got 19 years working all over Asia and it continues it continues to grow now if you're called there you won't get what God has for you here and God will not pry your hand open and shove something into it until you let go of some stuff it works that way sometimes so laying it down letting it go letting it die whatever it takes may be required before he will give you what he desires to give you you've got to give up to go up you've got to give up to grow up sometimes at other times he will call you to go after and pursue some things while you're still dealing with issues in your own life you're still walking in some of your own humanity your own challenges, your fear, your doubt, and he may call you to get out of the boat and start taking some steps of obedience and faith. So he doesn't always call us to empty ourselves and take steps. Sometimes he calls us to take steps and then begin to be emptied of these things. Rarely does our fear go away and then we operate in some new level of faith. It is usually the opposite of that. You have to start lifting some spiritual weights and developing some muscles before the flab goes away. You don't wake up one morning looking good. You get there, some of us do. You you get there by grace, huh? You get there by practice, don't you? It's the same thing with God. He sees the flab, you see the flab. You know, he sees what's going on and what we do? We start working it. We start working it by faith. We start believing it. We start confessing it. We start walking in it. We start changing our thinking. Even in our fear, we obey in faith. And then fear or whatever challenges us begins to get weaker and weaker. Whatever you're feeding grows. You start feeding these things, those things will die. There's some deliverance that comes instantly. I've come to altars and been delivered. There's other stuff It's taken me 10 or 20 years of constant, steady at least, growth to see those things weakened in my life so that they no longer had power. And so sometimes he calls us to get out of the boat, start walking, exercising, becoming stronger in him, And then that old stuff goes away. So if you're just praying and expecting God just to lift it off of you, he doesn't always do that. Actually, he rarely does that. I've had guys who just did all the things wrong, work six, seven-day weeks, ministry, kids, family, going all the time, think they're serving God, and they reach this place of burnout where they're fried, they want to quit, they're depressed, they're angry, and they want us to pray over them so that they can go back tomorrow and do it the same way. Proverbs says, a man digs a hole and then falls into it. A lot of us have dug holes in our lives. And sometimes by the grace of God, he will come and fill that hole in. But often, he'll hand you the shovel and you're going to spend two years filling the hole that you spent two years digging. Because he wants you to remember, listen, I have done some stupid things in my life. One of them was being unfaithful to my wife three decades, four decades ago now. And you're just smart enough not to be that stupid again. You'll pay a price for that. God will lift the sin off, but you'll pay a price for those kinds of things. And so sometimes God will have you walk through the wilderness or the cave or the pit or whatever it takes so that you're smart enough to say, I will not do that again. Sometimes he'll just lift it off of you and there's enough grace and goodness you're just thankful i've seen it work both ways but i'm telling you god gets to choose and you're going to have to make room in the end and spend enough time to know are you requiring me to let this go are you requiring me to pick something up what what's the process there's always a process here there's always a process here and that's what i want you to get so from conception to birth is nine months so the promise that mary had was not a one and done Pray today, hear tomorrow, promise. There aren't very many of those, although we're seeing God answer our prayers, but we've been working for a decade at lining up with him. We're seeing God answer some prayers overnight, some pretty big ones as a ministry. But it's based on we spend a lot of time making room for him in the end. We spend a lot of time leaning in and listening and lingering. And then when we're praying things, we're praying what he wants us to pray, and it comes pretty quickly. But most promises are going to come with some process. All promises are going to come probably with some proving and some pruning. All processes are going to come with some, pro- with some pruning where some of this stuff has to go and some proving. Are we faithfully going to walk it out? But God's desire is that the fullness of who God is be manifest in us and out through us in this next season. So final verse, last one here. Christmas, we got back to Christmas. We just looked at Jesus a lot and that pretty much anything said over anybody of any significance in the Bible has been said over you at some point in the New Testament. And so we've got to get over ourselves and our past and our whatever and let God be God and let Jesus be who he died and rose from the dead to be in your life. Not just for you, but as you and in you and with you. And through you all the above okay so here's the word the angel said to them do not be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid God's not after your sin he's after your righteousness he's not after where you came from he's after what you're called to be he's after your destiny so don't be afraid don't be afraid of what's in the book of Revelation don't be afraid of the stuff that's coming that's fear-motivated Don't be moved by fear-motivated stuff. Do not be afraid because this is your dad, your father, Abba, Papa here who already gave his own son, all right? Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It's good news that will cause great joy for all people. No fear. Good news. Great joy. All people, stand up with me and say that together. No fear. Good news, news. great joy, joy. all people, people. one more time, no fear, fear. good news, news. great joy, all people, people. let's do it again, no fear, fear. it's good news, it's great great joy, it's all people, this is what's coming, the season has changed. But we have to make room for it and change with it. Let's pray. Father, we bless the house today. Thank you for what you've done up to now. But Lord, we believe we're just standing on the precipice, the beginning of what you're about to do. A whole new day, a whole new season is coming. And so I bless these men and women, some just beginning, some haven't made a decision yet. If this is the real deal or not, some kind of stuck in the middle. Some are so expectant for the next thing that's coming. So by grace, meet us all where we are today. That is the one thing you do. You come as a baby. You come as a man. You come as the Savior. You come as the Christ. You come and meet us where we are. And so we're asking you today, Jesus, to meet us where we are. Say what we need to hear you say. Do what you need to do. Prompt our heart with what you need from us so that we can step into what you're preparing for us so that your kingdom can come and your will can be done not only for us but in us and with us and through us and change our lives and our families and our community and this nation we say today thank you father as we remember the christ of christmas that the anointed one came to destroy the works of the evil one in every single way we say so be it as mary said so be it according to your words and we bless you today father in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a blessed Christmas season. All right. And we'll see you. We got one more to go in December before we wrap this year up and look forward to 2022. Isaiah 22, 22, the keys of the house of David on the shoulder. We're going to get some keys in 2022. Bless you guys.